It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment here at Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And this week for show number 189, for the week of August 31st, 2017, it is Morphin' Time. Yes, we are going back to those golden days of the mighty Morphin' Power Rangers who are celebrating their 24th anniversary this week. Now, you may be wondering, why are we going to take that trip to the Power Rangers? You may recall that there was a time back at Hollywood Studios when the Power Rangers were walking around, doing meet and greets, had an awesome lightning bolt car, and so much more at the Disney parks. And to help us kick off the 24th anniversary of the Power Rangers, we have the original Blue Ranger. Yes, Billy, none other than David Yost, stopping in here this week. That's right, David Yost, who you may know as the original Blue Ranger from the original Season 1, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie from 1995, as well as Power Rangers Zeo. And he's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things. What it was like being part of this phenomenon of a TV show, action figures, what it's like going to Comic-Cons now, and does he still stay in touch with all the Power Rangers, as well as what might be coming for the 25th anniversary next year. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team, and boy, oh boy, do we have the D-Team here this week because we have strange things happening because we have all new team members kicking off here this week, next week, and the week after. And this week, we have somebody that's taken over for Caitlin. You may remember Caitlin doing WDW and 2 with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort. Well, we have somebody new who's helming that, taking it on over with Alexa. And I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you just how we're changing this segment a little bit different. So we have Alexa stopping in with the latest from Walt Disney World and maybe some extra special treats as Alexa officially joins the D-Team here this week. We also have Aaron who's answering all your questions. You have the questions, he has the answers, and he's going to answer all your Disney questions and I want to know. We also have Paige with a magical music review. She's looking into the sunset, going off into Pride Rock with Simba and more with The Lion King 2, with that symphony for your ears. We also have Dominic with tips and tricks on saving money for your Walt Disney World vacation in this week's short leash. We have Nathan returning. Yes, after a long hiatus, Nathan is back dusting off the books and telling you just what happened this week in Disney history. We have Jason going deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD you have to add to your collection. And finally, we have a returning D-Team. Yes, he officially bowed out some time ago. Well, he is back once again. And we have Cody, who's going straight down the Hollywood Walk here this week with more about our very special guest, the one and only David Yost. There's all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire and so much more. So before we jump into this week's show, morph into our powers, have strange things happening all show long, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations, tickets, fast passes, character interactions, you name it. They're going to treat you like family, walk you through the process, and they have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. 
So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is out of the way. I am excited for this one. There's a lot of fun things on the horizon as we have a jam-packed show here this week. So as I mentioned, strange things are happening, both with Diz Radio and also when you find out that you can morph into a superhero. So let's officially kick off show number 189 for the week of August 31st, 2017, and go back to those days of the Power Rangers, back to the days of morphing, and yes, even back to the days of meeting the Power Rangers at Hollywood Studios. Let's officially kick this one off, and I'll be back shortly, all of you D-heads. from five different seasons and master their moves. It's all live and in person at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And remember, you can watch Power Rangers Jungle Fury as part of Shedex. Hey, this is David Yost, the original Mighty Morphin Blue Power Ranger, and you're listening to Diz Radio. I was on top of the world living high right in my pocket I was living the life things were just the way they should be When from out of the sky like a bomb comes some little punk in a rocket Now all of a sudden some strange things are happening to me Best I can to carry on I had power, power. I was respected But not anymore And I've lost the love The one who my door Let me tell you about a strange thing that happened to me Stranger, the minute you turn your back, you're in it all by yourself. Then laugh at your jokes, you think you're doing quite well, but you're in danger, boy. You end up on 
the shelf. Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all these hits, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 189. For the week of August 31st, 2017, as we're going back to those days of the Power Rangers. Yes, we are going to become superheroes, teenagers with attitude, and so much more as we have the original Blue Ranger, David Yost. Stopping in here very shortly, we have tons from the D-Team with Aaron, Paige, Dominic, Nathan, Jason, Cody, and the all-new D-Team member in Alexa, and so much more. And tons of news hot off the D-Wire. So before I jump into that news, I do want to give you all the different ways, yes, that you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at Disney. Radio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our fullest of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Diz Radio Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand. All three ways are going to help you find our fun, magical, different kind of Disney show. And if you can't wait to hear my voice, the D-Team's voice, our special guests, you're just itching to listen to it in your cubicle, in your car, you want to share it with your family, all you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. All you have to do is search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio and find our show. Subscribe right there. You can get the latest shows as they get released instantly on your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, the MP3 player of your choice. And you can listen to it as soon as it gets released. And if you can't remember any of this, I'm talking super fast. You're like, I can't write all this down. I'm not keying it in fast enough. Just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Dot com and there you can find all these links and so much more there as well. All right, all VD heads, that's out of the way. It is time to jump into the news hot off the D-wire, and we all know Hurricane Harvey has taken its toll in our country, and Disney is putting $1 million towards Hurricane Harvey relief. Yes, with everyone getting on the aid of those in need during Hurricane Harvey, the Walt Disney Company is doing their part as well, as they're going to pledge $1 million to aid in the relief. Now, the $1 million will be part of a major cash donation that's going to be given to the American Red Cross to help all of those affected by the hurricane storm in Houston.
Houston and the surrounding areas. Now, Disney is also planning to use their television stations with ABC, Disney, and many others to prompt viewers to help the cause and donate as well. Now, of course, today on August 31st, Disney ABC Television Group is also planning to host a day of giving to benefit all of those in need. They're going to be urging people to donate and really help the cause as well. And many other people are jumping on the bandwagon. You may know vlogger Jake Paul, who's also part of Disney Channel's Bizarre Vark. He's out there wrangling people, as well as Facebook donating $1 million as well. So everyone is rallying together to help all of those as part of Hurricane Harvey. And our thoughts and prayers go out to all of those losses for everybody in that area. Now, moving into something a little more uplifting, how about a Sumatran tiger being born at Disney's Animal Kingdom? Yes, and how about two of them? Yes, Disney's Animal Kingdom has a first in the park's history that recently occurred in the last couple of weeks. A pair of tiger cubs were born by Sunny, a Sumatran tiger, and this species is highly endangered. Now, the pair are doing well and are as cute as can be. If you watch the video, they are cute. They're romping around with mom, having fun, and this is a great step for both the park and also the endangered species as they continue to turn around this endangered species as well as showing that Animal Kingdom is doing more than just trying to put out attractions with Pandora and many other areas. Now, both Sunny and the Cubs will be able to be seen on the Maharaja Jungle Trek in just a few months once they are grown a little bit and uh, had a time to bond with Mother. Now, Disney has always been a wide supporter of the worldwide conservation efforts at the parks worldwide and their ongoing Disney Nature series. Now, the Disney Conservation Fund has given almost $4 million to support conservation of cats such as lions, tigers, and snow leopards. Now, to stay up to date on all of the conservation that Disney is doing, you can check out the Disney Conservation Fund as well as DisneyAnimals.com. Now, moving away from those parks, let's go into the high seas. Let's go into the ocean, go into the water, and Disney Cruise Lines. And now you can enter the Disney Cruise Line Family Memories at Sea Contest. Now, with ready phones in our hands, cameras pointed in a direction, we shoot photos all day and every day by the thousands. And in today's technology-driven world, we are taking more than ever. On vacations, Walt Disney World, and more. And now Disney Cruise Line wants you to submit those for a very special contest. Now, if you've had those phones on hand and you are part of a Disney cruise line, you went on a cruise pretty much in the past, you have character interactions, maybe something that meant something to you, you're at Castaway Key, you name it, you can submit DisneyCruiseMemoriesAtSea.com. Upload your photo, videos, and more. It is super simple. Now, every month, now through November, a $500 Disney gift card is going to be given away to one person who has entered, as well as the grand prize winner is going to win a three-night Bahamian Disney Cruise Line vacation for up to four people. Now, this is a great contest, lots of fun. So if you're a fan of going on Disney Cruise Line, you've been on it, you have these memories, go to DisneyCruiseMemoriesAtSea.com, submit yours, and get your entry in. Now, tomorrow is Force Friday the 2nd. It sounds weird kind of saying that, but it is Force Friday the 2nd. Now, Dub Smash, who you may know, is a famous, popular app where you can lip sync to a lot of different things and really hone in to make really funny videos and more. And now Dub Smash is celebrating Force Friday with the first ever global campaign. For the first time, Dub Smash is going to have Star Wars clips. Now, we all know that they've had Disney clips, other things, your favorite movies, sound bites, music. It goes on and on. There's so many different ones. It is just 
crazy the amount and a lot of fun that people have. But now, for the first time, they're going to have Star Wars ones that you can upload, share, and have so much fun. Now, I will say, I've already had fun with this with my kids. Uh, you know, there's nothing like seeing your dad talk like Yoda, or how about your wife talking like Princess Leia, calling you a nerf herder. So there's a lot of fun things here. If you want to find out more about it, download the app. All you have to do is go to dubsmash.com or also go to the App Store or your Google Play Store and download it there as well. Now, getting back to the parks here, how about Borson selected as the official sponsor of the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival at Walt Disney World? Yes, Borson Cheese, known for its made-to-wow tagline, has entered into a multi-year agreement with the Walt Disney World Resort as an official sponsor of the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. Now, this agreement is part of a broader multi-year alliance between Disney and Bell USA's Mini Baby Bell brand. Now, the 75-day extravaganza kicks off, yes, today, August 31st, and runs all the way through November 13th with all kinds of food, drinks, you name it, and Borson Cheese will now be featured in the culinary demonstrations on September 2nd and 3rd, where Walt Disney World chefs will create unique dishes using Borson as the lead ingredient. Now, this is something that's going to benefit both parties, have fun, and if you haven't had a chance, Borson Cheese is a fantastic compliment when you are doing wine testing and a lot of great dishes. So now Borson is the official sponsor in a part of a multi-year deal with the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival kicking off today at the Walt Disney World Resort. Now also this week, one thing that everybody knows has happened, Slinky Dog. Yes, everybody knows the Slinky Dog Dash Coaster. We've talked about it here on the show before and how the tracks were getting in place so much more. Well, this week, yes, on National Slinky Day, which was Wednesday, August 30th, the first of the Slinky Dog Coaster cars arrived at Hollywood Studios. So now you could actually see Slinky Dog in his glory, the cars that you're going to be sitting in on this coaster attraction. It is going to be a fun attraction. I know everybody's looking forward to this one. It's part of Toy Story Land, which is going to be, you know, a huge, huge improvement to Hollywood Studios, even though they are changing the name, shifting directions to the park once again. Slinky Dog is going to be a fun coaster attraction. And now the first cars of the Slinky Dog Dash Coaster did arrive at Hollywood Studios this last week. Now, I was going to mention a couple other things here, LVD heads, from the Disney Store having all kinds of all-new Halloween merchandise, costumes, and more, but I know the Halloween parties have began at many of the parks, but we're going to wait to talk about some of these Halloween things until, I guess, until September. So we'll wait till next week. But I'm going to release the reins here to the D-Team. We have a jam-packed show. There is a lot more things going on as we have an all-new D-Team member with Alexa who has a very special treat for you stopping in here. We have Aaron answering all your questions, Paige with the music of all kinds of Disney symphonies for your ears. We have Dominic, Nathan, Jason, and of course the return of Cody and so much more. So before I release the reins here to the D-Team, I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations, character interactions, you name it. They're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. And they have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you might have as well. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. 
So all of you D-Heads, with that said, it is time to release the reins here to the D-Team. Get things going as we prepare for the original Blue Ranger. Yes, David Yost himself, the original Blue Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and so much more. So let's continue to press on for show number 189 for the week of August 31st, 2017. And why don't we head over to Disneyland Paris? And you might ask yourself, with Disney magic, do you believe in magic? Be right back, all of you D-Heads, and take it away, team. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Hey, kids! Now you can become an official Junior Power Ranger just by joining the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Fan Club. It's Morphin time! When you join, you'll get a Super Fan Club gift pack that's loaded with over 19 special items just for you. The gift pack includes your own membership card, the great club video, fantastic ranger photos and static things, a real neat lunch bag plus fun stickers, neat iron-ons, and lots more more phenomenal stuff. To join, just send in $17.95, which includes shipping and handling, along with your name, address, and birthday to Power Rangers Fan Club, P.O. Box 222, Hollywood, California, 90078. Become an official Junior Power Ranger today. Lots of cool Power Ranger stuff you can't get anywhere else. You don't want to miss out.
Hi, this is Lana Priya from Once Upon a Time, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. This upcoming weekend is the kickoff of college football in my favorite time of the year. Fall is right around the corner, and I can hardly wait. Well, you guys have been busy sending in emails, and the virtual mailbag is full. So let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Jacqueline Washington of Seattle, and she writes, Diz Radio and the D-Team? I've really been enjoying the show. I have a question about the castle at Shanghai Disneyland. I heard it was the largest of all the Disney castles. If that is true, by how much? Also, is the Disneyland Paris castle the Beast castle? It really looks like the one in Beauty and the Beast, the animated movie. Thank you for the answers, Aaron. Well, Enchanted Storybook Castle is the centerpiece castle of Shanghai Disneyland Park, which opened in June of 2016. The castle is the first to represent all of the Disney princesses, contrary to other parks. It is also the tallest Disney castle ever built. Being the tallest Disney castle ever constructed, Enchanted Storybook Castle houses a variety of functional facilities including a walk-through attraction, a restaurant, a makeover boutique, an elaborate stage, and a boat ride that goes underneath the main level. In the main hall of the castle are mosaics depicting four Disney princesses, representing the four seasons, with the princess and the frog representing spring, tangled representing summer, brave for autumn, and frozen for winter. In the center, a golden chandelier cascades down from a regal blue ceiling shaped like a star that resembles a starry night sky. This is also the first castle in Disney Park to have multiple main entrances from different sides with elaborate walkways that all meet at the center rotunda. Contrary to Sleeping Beauty Castle, inspired by Germany's medieval Neuschwanstein Castle, Cinderella Castle, which borrows styles from Gothic French architecture, and the Chateau de la Belle aux Bois Dormants, whimsical curves and slender storybook figure, Enchanted Storybook Castle's overall look was inspired by Renaissance architecture. However, its design features numerous details and elements previously used in precedent Disney castles. Designers also incorporated Chinese stylings and decorative elements to appeal to the country's audience. For example, the castle is topped with a golden peony, a flower popular among Chinese traditions. Besides the peony, the castle also bears a great amount of symbolic elements to illustrate the partnership and the blending between Disney and Chinese culture. This castle reaches 197 feet. Well, the next closest is Cinderella Castle at Walt Disney World, reaching 189 feet. The original Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland stands at only 77 feet. And the castle in Paris is a representation of the fairy tale castle seen in Sleeping Beauty in 1959, and not the Beast Castle from Beauty and the Beast. Well, our next question is from Jake. 
Tabbert of North Carolina, and he writes, Aaron, question for I want to know. Although this may be a simple one for you, I was curious about the old Disney sing-along DVDs. I recall a camping one at one point. It had the country bears chasing the kids around singing the great outdoor song, which I know is from the Lostification Hoedown edition of the attraction. Where were they chasing them? I don't think any of it looks familiar to me from Disney, parks, or grounds. Thanks for a show from a D-head. Well, you're referring to Disney sing-along songs, Disneyland Fun, released on August 14, 1990. The song The Great Outdoors is sung while chasing the kids around on Tom Sawyer Island. There's a great video on YouTube to watch it again. And some other songs featured were Whistle While You Work, I'm Walking Right Down the Middle of Main Street, USA, and Grim Grinning Ghost, along with many others. Our final question this week is from Rick K, and he writes, Listening to the show, y'all cover the parks, movies, and tons of topics. It got me thinking about magazines. I know there was a Disney Channel magazine, D23, and Disney Adventures. I, re I recently found something called Disney Magazine. How did I never see this one? How long did it run? What did it cover? Thank you. Well, Disney Magazine was an official Disney magazine that was published quarterly from December of 1965 to April of 2005. The magazine began life as Disney News in December of 1965. The first issue was 60 pages long and the cover showed Walt Disney surrounded by several costume characters in front of Disneyland's Sleeping Beauty Castle. The magazine was initially a free benefit for members of the Magic Kingdom Club, but later started charging a cover price, but was discounted for members. The publication changed its name to Disney Magazine in January of 1994 to better reflect the increased size and content of the magazine. When Disney ended the Magic Kingdom Club in January of 2001, the magazine continued, but circulation numbers began dropping. The publication ended with the summer 2005 issue. Subscribers were offered subscriptions to either Family Fun or Disney Adventures or refunds. The magazine's website said the end was due to an increase of people choosing to find information on the internet and thus lack of readership. There are some great pictures online of the covers of all the issues. There's some really great ones. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for your great questions. Keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. <laughs> Disneyland, 61, Disneyland, 61, always building something new, new sights to see, new things to do at Disneyland, 61, Disneyland, 61, growing bigger every day, growing better in every way, it's Disneyland, 61. 
gleaming monorail Gliding through the sky You'll be having thrills galore And your life with birds excitement See this wonderland at night. A whole new exciting world springs alive after dark. Imagine moonlight over the rivers of the world, the Grand Canyon, a ride through Indian country in an authentic paddle wheel steamer, and tons of other fabulous fun. When it's moonlight over Disneyland, a whole new world comes alive. Open every day from 9 a.m. to midnight. Everyone. My name is Alexa Erickson. I'm a Disney author and YouTuber, and I am so excited to be the newest member of the D-Team and Diz Radio podcast. I'm going to be taking over the WDW in 2 segment. However, we're going to change it up a little bit, and I'm going to add Disneyland news as well as Walt Disney World news. So we're going to change it to Disney Parks in 5. I hope you all like it, and let's get started. So right now in Walt Disney World, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party started on August 25th which means the famous and beloved Boo to You parade is back to mesmerize guests who line the streets of the Magic Kingdom to watch. The My Disney Experience mobile order has expanded to 15 locations around the parks and Disney Springs. In the Magic Kingdom, it is now available in the Columbia Harbor House, Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe, Pecos Bill Tall Tale Inn and Cafe, Pinocchio Village House, and Tomorrowland Terrace Restaurant. In Epcot, you can now order online from the Electric Umbrella and Liberty Inn, in Disney's Hollywood Studios, ABC Commissary, Backlot Express, and Pizza Rizzo. At Animal Kingdom, you can order online at the Flame Tree Barbecue, Pizza Pizza Safari, <laughs> Restaurantosaurus, and Satuli Canteen. Don't get mad at me if I pronounce that wrong. And at Disney Springs, you can order online at Deluxe Burger. The My Disney Experience app also now allows guests to check into their hotel on the app. So guests can go straight to the parks and enjoy their day while they send their luggage to their hotel room via Disney's Magical Express. In Disney's Hollywood Studios, in addition to the usual chocolate, vanilla, and Oreo milkshakes at the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater restaurant, now through October 1st, you can get a seasonal birthday cake shake and enjoy your celebration for your birthday or something. The Slinky Dog Dash roller coaster track was finished at Disney's Hollywood Studios recently, which is really exciting for guests who try to sneak a peek. Along with the construction of Toy Story Land is continuing construction of Star Wars Land, also in Hollywood Studios, which is really exciting. I'm in a little bit of sad news. 
The last ride on the Great Movie Ride was on August 13, 2017. It closed and is being replaced by Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad very soon. Many guests are unhappy with the change, while others are excited to see what is next to come for the attraction. Moving on to Disneyland Park, Fantasmic, the new version of Fantasmic, has opened up with new segments featuring clips from The Lion King, Aladdin, and a couple different replacements, such as during the princess part, Snow White and the Prince were replaced by Rapunzel and Flynn, and the Peter Pan segment was replaced by a Pirates of the Caribbean skit. Um, most of the guests are getting used to the MaxPass system, which is new, and it is running more smoothly than before, and lines are getting shorter like they're supposed to. The Disneyland Railroad reopened with some sweet updates, as well as new paths on the Big Thunder Trail and three th- Star Wars Land entrances, even though they are still closed off to the public. Space Mountain is now closed for a refurbishment, preparing for Ghost Galaxy to open next month for Halloween. Tickets are now available online for Mickey's Halloween Party, a separate ticketed event where guests can come in costume and trick-or-treat around California Adventure Park at night. The highest peak of Star Wars Land Galaxy's Edge was built and is now visible around the entire park, which is super cool and exciting. We're getting closer and closer to experiencing Star Wars Land in real life. In the kind of sad news, Main Street Electrical Parade performed its last ever performance at the Disneyland Resort on August 20th. Many guests were in attendance, and it was a very special and somewhat emotional night. Thank you for listening to my new segment, Disney Parks in 5. You can find me on my YouTube channel or my social medias, all titled Disney Till You're Dizzy. And check out my book on Amazon, Disney Till You're Dizzy, 1001 Facts, Rumors, and Myths About the Disneyland Resort. Always remember that there is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day, and tune in next time for more Disney Parks in 5. Hi, I'm Vicki. Where's the world's greatest resort? Watch this, then stay tuned. I'll be back in a minute with a free offer. Daddy's got a new job. Maybe he and Mom forgot what childhood means. We'll never meet Mickey Mouse. Maybe we'll go. Hey, little girl, do you think that no one cares about you? Uh-uh. Daddy's working. That's what you think. These are times you'll always treasure. Now your dreams come true. Sharing all the fun together. It's Mickey. Together at Disney. Hi again. Right now, rooms are available in the famous Walt Disney World Resort hotels. Call this toll-free number, and we'll show you more in this 28-page vacation magazine, yours free. It's filled with the rooms, recreation, and fantasy of the world's greatest resort. Call this toll-free number now. The rooms, the fun, and your free magazine are waiting. Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Rangers, 
You Mighty Morphin Power Rangers! Again, D-Heads, it's Morphin Time this week for this installment of This Week in Disney History. I'm Nathan, and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. So with that said, let's begin. Kicking off this week, let's begin with this week's quote coming from our Uncle Walt himself again. I suppose my formula might be dream, diversify, and never miss an angle. Now it's Diz Radio throwback time for this week in Diz Radio history, with show number 113 from June of 2015, featuring a man who is viewed as a hero to many kiddos out there, Mr. Rich Collins of Imagination Movers fame, as the energetic leader of the bunch with a major drumming habit. Check it out, and jump back with us today. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, we begin in 1920. In 1920, in London, Daphne Milne, wife of writer A.A. Milne, gave birth to a son at 8 a.m. The couple names him Christopher Robin. In 1923, Walt Disney, now residing in California, writes a letter to film distributor M.J. Winkler of New York City informing her that he is no longer connected to the Laugh-A-Gram films in Kansas City, Missouri. Walt writes, I am establishing a studio in Los Angeles for the purpose of producing the new and novel series of cartoons I have previously written you about. The novel series will be called The Alice Comedies. In 1989 in Florida, the Ewok Village opens at the entrance of the Star Tours attraction at Disney MGM Studios theme park. And also in the same park in 89, the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular attraction is dedicated at the Disney MGM Studios in Florida. It's the first theme park attraction to use a computer-based show control system in conjunction with the programmable, sorry, programmable logic controller system to trigger, control, and sequence complex live events in real time. In other words, it's really, really cool. <laughs> In 1995, the People Mover, sponsored by Goodyear, closes at Disneyland. Running since July of 67, the People Mover will be replaced by a faster new attraction called Rocket Rods on May 22, 1998. In 2000, Disney legend Carl Barks, the cartoonist who drew Donald Duck comic books for three decades, passes away at the age of 99 in his home in Grants Pass, Oregon. In 2004, in Marceline, Missouri, they honored the memory of Walt Disney with a ceremony renaming the Marceline Post Office as the Walt Disney Post Office Building. In 2006, Disney's live-action feature Invincible, based on the real-life football hero Vince Papal, and starring Mark Wahlberg as the leading actor, opens in theaters. In 2007, the Muppet Mobile Lab, featuring robotic Bumpets, Dr. Benson Honeydew, and his able assistant Beaker, riding a two-wheeled rocket ship, interact with guests at Epcot. In 2008, The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Beginning, is released on DVD. In 2013, the Walt Disney Imagineers, who are in the midst of putting finishing touches on Princess Fairytale Hall in New Fantasyland of Florida's Magic Kingdom Park, reached a milestone when they add the attraction's marquee. And we end this week in Disney History D-Heads with a few birthdays around the Disney Company. We're going to start him out this week with actor Pee Wee Herman and Star Tours pilot extraordinaire Paul Rubens, Roger Rabbit himself, Charles Fleischer, being born in Washington, D.C. You can also check out episode number 28 from The Vault to hear our interview with Roger Rabbit. Moving on to actor Army Hammer, who is Disney's Lone Ranger, is born. And to wrap him up this week, we end with actor and rapper Kyle Massey, who is Corey Baxter on Disney Channel's That's So Raven and Corey in the House. 
Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Feel free to email me at Nathan at DizRadio.com. And as always, guys, have a great week. See you real soon. Thank or piaster, dollar, ruble, or yen. If they stop moving, it's disaster till they're moving again. It's got to circulate, circulate, come out of the woods. Stimulate, motivate, service and goods. It's no nest egg to incubate. Money's got to circulate. Money's got to circulate. One million, two million, three million, four! What I like to see. Now there was a time when there was no money in those dark ages of primitive man. You see, money wasn't really needed until civilization began. Greetings from your old voice actor pal, Corey Burton. <laughs> and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Who let the dogs out? Hello everyone, this is Dominic and welcome to another edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you're new to this segment, a short leash isn't giant blue cat genitalia that you plug into your flying banshee. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they're short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. Speaking of budget, how much does a short lease trip cost? We've never really gotten to the specifics of that. And the answer to that question is dependent on the number of people you're taking, the time of year, how crazy you want to go with amenities, where you stay, how you will get there. The variables are endless. So for this week, I tried to rebuild our last family short lease trip with some of our typical money-saving strategies. I wanted to investigate if we're really saving the money we thought we were, or was there a Freakonomics-esque M. Night Shyamalan twist that shows us where we thought we were saving money, we actually weren't. So let's go over what you actually need to pay for when you take a Walt Disney World vacation and the options that are available. So let's dive right in. Here we go on this economic choose-your-own-adventure as we try to plan a quickie trip. Here are the rules I followed. Prices came straight from the Disney website and are devoid of any external discounts. Not everybody knows the guy or gets credit card points, or has a travel agent friend, or other such nonsense. Current Disney prices only as of the time I'm recording this. Two, these prices are for my family, which consists of two adults and three children, or in Disney ticket terms, four adults and one child. Disney Bar Mitzvah in full effect over here. And we're going to be traveling from the Northeast. If you want to hear something more custom for you, get your own segment. Nah, I'm kidding. Just use it as an example and a guide, because that's all it really is. And finally, the time of year we're traveling is Christmas week. Why? Well, that's when I have off for a quick trip. Spring break and summer would give us more time, so we wouldn't be taking a short lease trip. It'd be a longer trip, and we'd have to call the segment something else. Jonathan would have to find new intro music. It'd be a real pain. So with that out of the way, here we go. 
We will be traveling with the intention to arrive on 1229. Yes, that's December 29th. Can't do it any earlier. There's relatives to see. And there's a guilt to fun ratio at play here, and it's just not worth it. Miss a holiday, and that perpetually dying relative will finally cash in on that final Christmas they've been threatening us with for the last 25 years. You'll never hear the end of it. So the 29th it is for check-in slash hobo day. See any number of short leashes that go into hobo day in detail. These 30th, 31st, and the 1st are park ticketed days. Check out and that dreaded return back to reality would happen on the 2nd of January. So that's the time of year and it is going to determine some of the prices of things, but what else do we need to pay for? Well, our goal is to make this trip as affordable as possible so we aren't going hotel extravagant or doing stuff like dessert party and add-ons like that. No, we're going to keep it simple and basic, not Fort Wilderness camp in a tent and poop in a bucket simple, but something reasonable. So our list includes travel from the Northeast, a hotel, tickets, and food. That's pretty bare bones essential, folks. Get there and back, have a place to sleep, be able to get into the parks and not starve to death. I think those things would be on everybody's list on a vacation. For us, when it comes to getting there, train notwithstanding, we really only have two choices, fly or drive. Time-wise, it's a no-brainer. Fly. It's about a two and a half hour flight. Realistically, with the time in and out of the airport, it's more like six to seven hours from home to hotel, but still better than a 16 to 18 hour car ride. This is short leash, and if you only have a short window to take this vacation, it seems like an even easier choice. That is unless you like money in your bank account. To fly my family round trip would cost $2,512 before taxes and baggage fees versus the $260 to drive and park. Yes, flying costs almost 10 times as much, people. Breaking it down further, realistically, I save about 18 hours by flying instead of driving. But those saved hours cost me $125 each. Those plane tickets are equal to 77% of the cost of the entire rest of the trip. Or in Disney terms, instead of buying the airplane tickets, I can use almost the same amount of money to buy 10 days worth of park hopper tickets. Five hours crammed on a plane versus 10 days of Disney World? Come on, it's not even a choice. Drive it is, eastbound and down, where's my firebird? Next on the list, tickets. And tickets are tickets, they are what they are. The decision to park hop or not is totally up to you. For reasons I have covered in other segments, we're becoming more and more of a non-park hopping family. And that's the math we went with. But with three days and four parks, well, I guess it's still four parks. Hollywood Studios has something like Star Tours of one men's restroom open at this point, but whatever. If you want to see all four in three days, park hop you must. So go park hop your brains out. Well, spoiler alert, it's room and board where our typical assumptions turned out to be a surprise. We have always assumed that staying on property was more expensive than off, and again, we're right, just not as right as we thought. Staying off property in a trusted, very close to the front gate suite, where we get free breakfast will cost us $740. We budgeted $70 per meal, which is about 14 bucks a person, Less if it's snacky or we do a pack lunch, but let's just say we're eating counter service in the parks all the time. So we're talking about $560 of food, add that to $80 in parking. If you want to know why we're parking on property, go back and listen to the Why We Hate the Bus episode. There's a crotch whistler in that one. Can't make that up, folks. Throw in the tickets, some magic bands, and factoring in the drive down, and this New Year's-centric off-property Disney short lease trip costs a grand total of $3,352. Now, what if we were staying on property? Well, Disney's website gets all five of us in a privacy-free room at the Caribbean beach for $268 a night. 
a lowish price, possibly because the Property Brothers convinced it that with just a little reno, it could be the Grand Floridian. Yeah, apparently there's some construction going on, but it is a price on the website, so I'm taking it. The magic of the Disney website also let me package in tickets, a quick service meal plan, which gives us two meals plus snacks, aka breakfast, free parking and magic bands, and let's put free in quotes just because it's not a line item, doesn't mean you ain't paying for it. And the grand total for this on-property short leash December to remember is $3,590.08. Come on, Disney, you need the eight cents? Well, hold on a second. If you multiply that times your annual visitors, it comes to over $4 million. So I take it back. I guess you know what you're doing. Still seems a little petty. Whatever. At any rate, as it turns out on this trip, that great off-property savings that we were bragging about comes to less than $240. Not an insignificant sum, but probably worth it in the convenience, immersive theming, and perks. Also, remember this is just me in a web browser. There are folks at travel agencies and at Disney who do this kind of thing for a living. There might be better savings both on and off property out there, so by all means, do some research and take advantage. Because digging in a bit and testing your preconceived notions to get the best vacation experience for your money, well... That's short leash people, I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at dominic at disradio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at disradio.com. I also can be found on the internet on Twitter at WDW Plantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDW Plantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. A multi-part series documenting this very trip I talked about from last year is up there, so please check it out. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Cooper. Their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that... August 29, 1993, Saban Entertainment delivers Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to the Fox Kids Network. The good guys are here! And they're making history by becoming the most successful kids show ever. This top-rated series currently airs in 142 markets, including all of the top 10, covering 92% of the country and reaching 5 million kids a day. Power Rangers, the number one series for kids 2 to 11 and kids 6 to 11. The numbers are more phenomenal. With spectacular ratings like these, it's no surprise that Power Rangers is a bona fide phenomenon sweeping the country, and the press concurs. This is NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw. The Power Ranger. Power Ranger. The Power Ranger. The hottest TV show with kids. Power Rangers. You and I are going to become very familiar with Power Rangers. I just have that feeling. The Power Rangers! Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is guaranteed to stay on the Fox Children's Network at 4.30 daily through August 95. February 15, 1994, the Power Rangers are declared the official teen ambassadors of the Drug Abuse Resistance Education Organization. Now, these popular role models reach 25 million children with positive messages in classrooms nationwide. The Power Rangers have grown into a billion-dollar business with a vast array of licensed products from over 250 licensees worldwide. The eagerly anticipated Power Rangers Fan Club launched in May 94. It already has over 60,000 members as it continues to skyrocket in growth nationwide. Plus, in the coming months, national fast food and packaged goods promotions will further reinforce the enormous power of Power Rangers.
The Power Rangers are the number one kids' TV show. Number one in merchandising. And now, the number one kids' home video series. Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. It's Cody here. It's good to be back. It's been a long time, but I'm excited to be back here, especially for such a fun and exciting show that we have this week with none other than one of my childhood heroes, the original Blue Power Ranger, David Yost, joining us today. Very excited to see what he has to say as he meets up with Jonathan in just a few short minutes. Now, this week's guest, David Yost, is obviously most known for Billy Cranston on the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger series and also the movie, and as well as Power Rangers Zeo. He hasn't done a whole lot since then, but he has done a few things, and he's also actually what's very exciting that I'm excited about, and I learned about it back at the C2E2 in Chicago a couple years ago when I talked to a couple other of the original Rangers, Austin St. James being one of them, and also uh, Karen Ashley, who was the, uh, the second Yellow Ranger, is uh, they're coming out with a movie this year called The Order, which is going to include original Power Rangers such as Walter Emanuel Jones, Johnny Young Bosch, you know, the two Black Rangers, Paul Schreier, Catherine Sutherland, among many others. So it should be a very interesting movie to see what they all come up with, all being former Power Rangers, to see what, what the end result is on that. After the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie in 1996, he was in Scene of the Crime as Josh White. It was a television film, and in 2000 he was in another television film as a Playboy photographer and also was the associate producer for After Different Strokes when the laughter stopped. Took uh, about 10 years off from uh, the big screen there, from the film, and eventually came back in 2010 with the De Degenerate and Whoever Told You It Was Okay to Dream Anyway. Television, he was a little more active. In 2000, he was in the Mary Kay Latourno story. 2001, in The Alien Hunter and Temptation Island. 2004, You Are What You Eat, and 2010, and The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, it may not be known that David Yost is actually a very accomplished gymnast. Most notably, he'd won state championships in Iowa and in Montana before graduating from Amador Valley High School in Pleasanton, in Pleasanton, California. He has a Bachelor of Arts in Communication and Dramatic Arts from Graceland University in Lamoni, Iowa. When he was getting his break in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, he originally had audition for the role of Jason Lee Scott, who was the Red Ranger, and he actually did win the role. But however, he felt that he was not going to be able to cope with the role of the leader, and so the role was passed on to Austin St. James. He was also the oldest cast member during his run on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and also the Blue Ranger was the only cast member who appeared in every single episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He's very active on uh, social media, such as Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, he has over 57,000 followers, and 
also on Facebook. He's got over 75,000 followers, and he keeps up to date pretty uh, frequently. It's very cool to see that David Yost is still very active, uh, especially with the fans, and also embracing the role of the Blue Ranger after all these years. I mean, it's his background cover photo in his uh, uh, Twitter page, and it's just great. I know he was at um, he was just at C2E2, I think, this last year, and I was so bummed that I could make it. Um, I've gotten to meet uh, the Yellow Ranger, Karen Ashley, and also Austin St. James, and I know that David Yost was going to be there, and um, uh, Jason David Frank, and I believe one other, Walter Emanuel Jones, I believe, was going to be there as well. And I was really bummed because I just I couldn't make it this year, and it would have been uh, really neat to meet with all three of those, um, like I said, those childhood uh, superheroes when I was growing up. I mean, that's what I lived for. I mean, when the Power Rangers came out, that was, I mean, that that was it, you know. I mean, they were everywhere. Action figures, McDonald's toys. I mean, who remembers having the McDonald's toys from the, from the Power Rangers? And they had their, they all had their little Zords that came with them. Do you remember that? Back when McDonald's toys actually used to be cool. I remember that. I actually, uh, my mom just brought out a huge basket just this last weekend for my kids to go through. And I actually found, uh, I found the Pink Ranger. So that would have been Kimberly. And uh, I actually found Billy, the blue one. And the Black Ranger was in there as well. So, I mean, that was kind of neat that she's kept them all those uh, all those years and uh, I mean I just gotta tell you with the new movie coming out earlier this year uh, I was a little I was a little nervous I was a little skeptic about it just because you know I grew up with the original Power Rangers I'm not sure how they were gonna do it did like the movie but I'm gonna say this if your initial exposure to the Power Rangers was this 2017 movie then I feel really bad for you because all the magic started back in the early 90s and if you haven't watched any of the uh, seasons you should go back and do it because they were just they're just phenomenal there's just some of them 90s television that was just <laughs> it was so corny but awesome at the same time i mean you know what i'm talking about if you if you kind of grew up along uh, along those uh times as, such as i did as mentioned it's great to see that uh, he's still being proactive when it comes to being part of the power rangers community and amongst other things and like i said he's they got this new movie coming out this year coming calling called the order so it's going to be extremely interesting and it'll be a lot of fun to see what they are able to come up with well once again d heads it has been a lot of fun coming back here and i will see you all next week get ready for david yost with jonathan right after this have a good one d head Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment here at Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, television, movies, and so much more, many times those are ones that you've grown up with, ones you've passed down to your children as well, ones that got you out, action-packed, kicking in the sky. And with us here this week is somebody that is no stranger to any of that. You know him as an actor, producer, so much more. We have none other than the original Blue Ranger, yes, David Yost here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thank you. I'm very uh, excited and happy to be here with you all. 
It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, just recently, Power Rangers celebrated their 24th anniversary. 24 years later, it is still going strong, still a phenomenon. But I guess before we jump into all of that and everything else, what led you down that road of acting and pretty much getting that first role in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Well, I mean, it is pretty crazy that uh, it has gone on for 24 years, and it's it's always fun to think back on it and... Um, think about when I went through the whole audition process. Uh, I mean, it was so crazy. Um, I actually started off auditioning for the Red Ranger, uh, and I had three auditions for that role. And then uh, I realized that they probably weren't going to cast me for that because they were going in a different direction. And so I begged them to let me read for the role of Billy. Um, And they told me no at least three or four times, but I kept persisting. And eventually they relented and let me read for the role of Billy. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a crazy, like, two-month experience of auditions. But I finally got the phone call, and they said, congratulations, you are going to be Billy. Uh, we didn't really understand what the show was still about back then. It was called Phantoms. Um, and then they called it Dino Rangers when we filmed the pilot. And, uh, I mean, eventually when it went to air, it was called Power Rangers. So um, it went through several incarnations before it even made it to air. With that, too, you know, landing that role, being persistent, and then ultimately getting it. Because that was a, a fun age of, you know, children's television, something different, unique. It was live action, uh, you know, and you weren't sure exactly what it was going to be. But I guess what really drew you into wanting the role? Was that just because, all right, I'm an actor, I want, I really want this? Or were you intrigued by, hey, this is a series for kids, it's a little bit different, has some action? Yeah, I mean... Again, like, we didn't really quite understand who the show was for or what the show was about. Um, I just had moved to Los Angeles to be an actor, and uh, obviously your goal when you do that is just get a job <laughs> so, you can pay, <laughs> so, you can pay your, so you can pay your rent. And so um, I just kind of went from there um, and uh, was just more concerned about that. So, I mean, we had no idea, even when we were filming the original pilot, really how the show cut together. I mean, they kept saying there's Japanese footage. Um, we knew that we had to be physical and athletic, but we didn't understand what kind of superheroes we were going to be or any of that. So we didn't really even grasp it until, like, after the show was cut together and we got to see the pilot. Uh, and then we were like, oh, now now I kind of understand. <laughs> when, when you finally saw that and saw that final cut and understood what it was, I guess, what was that initial reaction to it? Were you just like, all right, so, so I'm a martial artist superhero? Or I guess what was your official, I guess, that, that first reaction with everybody when you finally saw that final cut? Um, I mean, I think we were all kind of, I mean, it, it looked it looked kind of weird, and it looked kind of bad, and it looked kind of cheesy, but we were all pretty proud of it because it was really our first show, uh, you know, for all of us, and uh, it was just really exciting to film. And um, But when we saw the first product, we were still <laughs> – I can only speak for myself, I should say. I was still a little confused uh, about, like, you know, because this hadn't really been done before where they're taking Japanese footage and they're cutting it into an American show, and they're making, you know, like a – a full-length episode out of recycled footage and new footage. So it was just kind of interesting to see that whole process come together. But um, I'm glad that they, uh, you know, obviously it was enough to get Fox, back in the day it was called Fox Kids, uh, to pick up an entire season of Power Rangers. And so we were picked up for 40 episodes, and uh, we filmed 
40 episodes before it even started airing on television, so we didn't really have a gauge. But uh, based on the original pilot, uh, Fox thought, okay, we can move forward with this. And, you know, there was quite a few adjustments made, like in terms of how we morph and uh, what we morph into and what you guys see on screen. So uh, if you ever see the original pilot, you would see, like, when we morphed, you would see our face, and our face would turn into a dinosaur, and then we would become our superheroes. It looked really weird. Uh, but thankfully, they cut that little dinosaur part out, and uh, we look somewhat normal now when, when we morph. Now, with that first season and jumping into this, like you said, you know, 40 episodes, season one, uh, were you expecting it to be such a huge breakout hit as it was, that everybody gravitated towards it? And did that catch you off guard, realizing, wow, this is this is really popular, and people are liking this kind of quirky, different kind of show? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was a... No, none of us could have predicted that it would be the success or the phenomenon that it became. Uh, I mean, I think we thought that it would do okay because it had so many elements that, as a kid, like that you you get excited about. Like we uh, were superheroes, we were very colorful. There was different ethnic backgrounds, so everybody had somebody they could relate to. Uh, we had dinosaurs, we had robots, we had it all. So, you know, having all those elements, you thought, okay, well, it'll do somewhat good. Uh, but then once the show started airing and it shot almost immediately to number one, not only in the U.S., but around the world, uh, it was just like crazy and pandemonium. And it's hard as an actor to really even grasp um, that kind of magnitude of influence that we were having on people. So... Uh, you know, we really started seeing signs of it at the Christmas time, the first year that it aired, because all the parents were standing in line overnight uh, to buy toys for their kids, and there were fights, uh, you know, parents fighting against each other trying to get our toys. Um, stuff like that is really hard to, to comprehend, but that's sort of where you start getting an inkling like, wow, this is kind of a big deal. So... Um, you know, it's, it's really cool, and it's really an honor, and it's really humbling to be part of a franchise that has had that kind of impact on so many people around the world. Well, definitely, you know, and it's one of those things that now gets passed on to so many generations. I mean, I have four young children, and they're watching the current seasons of Power Rangers, and it's still going strong. Now, when filming a lot of these, you know, over the years, things like that, I guess, when you were on set, was there any one episode or anything at all where you were just like, this was the most fun. This is a moment that I am never going to forget. I mean, for me, I uh, filmed over 200 episodes, and I did the feature film. Um, so, I mean, I just, for me, when I look back on my time on Power Rangers, always the first season, uh, I have the most memories from that I remember, because as a cast, I just felt like the original cast, we had we had amazing chemistry together, and we had gone through so much together through the auditioning process, through filming the original pilot, and then going into it, and then becoming successful together. So when I look back, I just look back on season one because it just it just feels, I don't know, it feels like home to me because uh, I know what we all went through and the struggles that we had. So um, I can't say that there's one particular episode or one particular moment. I mean, I when we filmed the original pilot, I do remember showing up the first day to work and just be, they were like, uh, Mr. Yost, let me take you to your trailer. Mr. Yost, let me take you to wardrobe. Mr. Yost, let me put you in makeup. Can we get you anything? And I was like, wow, is this what my life, <laughs> is this what my life is going to be like? <laughs> so, I mean, I remember those kind of, I remember the original pilot filming that, uh, probably just being the most 
fun for me in terms of like, wow, I'm getting to live my dream. I always wanted to be an actor my whole life, and here I am, I'm getting to do it. And this, it, it was really a great experience. Well, you know, and with that, like you said, it is one of those things that really played that huge role in your life. But also, you influenced so many other people's lives, you know, young children, people watching this show who were inspired and to be better and do good and whatnot. Were you ever approached by any fans over the years that were just so over the top and you were taken back by realizing how much of a part you played in their life? Well, you know, I just, I don't think I really realized any of that until like maybe five to seven years ago when I started doing Comic Cons uh, around the world. Like I, you know, I knew like it was popular back in the day, but I didn't realize like it had the impact on people's lives and that we really influenced them to be better in their lives. Uh, I mean, now that I get to travel all over the world and do different Comic Cons and meet fans, I, I get to hear like, such incredible stories about like you know i i came from a broken home my parents were abusive uh you know we were really poor but my one saving grace in life was that i got to watch power rangers and it always made me feel good about myself and it made me want to be a better person i hear a lot of stories about people becoming martial artists or gymnasts because of power rangers and if they liked my character or related to my character in any way, I always hear, like, you made it so cool to be a nerd, and I felt better about myself because I could see that Billy had friends, and so I knew I could have friends, and it gave me uh, confidence to go out and try to make friends, and um, I felt better about myself because I'm smart, and I could see that Billy was smart, and he got along in the world. So, I mean, it's really, truly humbling, and uh, I... I take every story that I hear to heart um, because, you know, I I feel as uh, I get older, like uh, I'm just really privileged to have played a character and been part of a group of characters that really did, you know, help people want to be better people. Well, definitely. And like you said, it's one of those things where you were able to be part of something that was special because, you know, television series, movies, you name it, they come and go. And there's always just those few that have that lasting power. And you were part of something that has had that lasting power. It's had that impression on everybody. And when you started attending many of these Comic Cons and, and whatnot, I guess going into that first one, did you expect that overwhelming, uh, I guess, reception from everybody, you know, wanting to meet you, get your autograph, or, you know, did, or were you just like, all right, I'm going to go here and let's see what happens? <laughs> well, I still, I don't quite understand it still myself. Uh, you know, when people say, I want to take a picture with you or I want your autograph, uh, I'm just like, really? Why? Because, uh, you know, so it's just like, it's it's a crazy, surreal experience, and uh, I don't know how to describe it. So, but I, I do take it very seriously uh, because I know that people look at me uh, or look at me as Billy, my character, and uh, look up to me. And so it makes me want to be a better person. It makes me want to make sure that they have the best experience that they can have with me, even though typically our experience together is like maybe five to uh, 30 seconds, uh, which is just really frustrating. But, you know, I try to make sure that I talk to everybody as much as possible and just really uh, thank them for uh, being fans of Power Rangers. But it, it truly is humbling, and it's it's uh, it's just a crazy experience. But I'm obviously very grateful for it. I'm very grateful to the fans uh, that have supported us over 24 years. I mean, next year is going to be 25 years, and I just can't even and get that in my head that it's been that long and that I'm that old. 
<laughs> well, you know, and with that too, being that long, you know, 25 years next year, I'm sure there's going to be something special going on. Now with that, with uh, all the cast that you had in that first season, have you stayed in contact with many of the people over the years, things like that, or stayed friends with anybody? Or did you guys just kind of disband after the series? I mean, after, I mean, we all kind of left Power Rangers at different times throughout the seasons. I mean, I, I was on there the longest in terms of being from the original cast. So I got to watch everybody leave and watch all the new people come in, and I got to work with a bunch of different people. But, you know, I would say for a while there, it's not that we didn't like each other or anything like that. We just, everybody kind of moved on and got on with their lives, but we always sort of knew where everybody was. Um, And I would say probably in the last seven years, we've all started getting on the Comic-Con circuit. And uh, so we've been reunited for a while, and it's just like we kind of picked up, and it's kind of like we're working together again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the original cast. I'm friends with everybody. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's just really cool that, like I said before, we went through so much together and the fact that we've gotten to ride this ride together and we're still riding it 20 some years later is pretty crazy. Um, and so, you know, I've always been friends with Amy Joe, the Pink Ranger and Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger and, Unfortunately, we lost Twee Trang, the original Yellow Ranger, in a car accident to about 12, I don't know, I think it's been 12 years now, but, you know, uh, that that was really sad for all of us. I know Amy Jo and I went to her funeral, um, but I know Walter and Jason and Austin, they were all kind of like either out of the country or just unfortunately weren't able to be there. But, um, you know, I think in the end we all support each other and uh, love each other and are grateful for our times together. Definitely. You know, and it's one of those things where it's that lasting bond and things like that that continue to, you know, go on for years and years. Now, with that, I guess one of the things that I know many people are probably wondering sometimes is, one, did you ever learn any martial arts yourself? And two, did you ever collect any of the action figures and toys or things like that? Like, that's that's me. That's me, the Blue Ranger. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, in terms of learning martial arts, I, I was a competitive gymnast my entire youth, I guess, for the most part. Uh, you know, I used to compete around the country and stuff like that as a gymnast. So I, I, ha- I brought that skill set into uh, Power Rangers. Uh, that's one of the things that also helped me get the job. And uh, when we started, before we started filming the original pilot, well, actually, no. After we filmed the original pilot and before we went to series, they had, uh, they, you know, they would, we trained for like a month and they were training us in martial arts, like television martial arts, essentially, uh, just choreographing fights and stuff like that. So that that was all it was. But my character, you know, wasn't really supposed to be proficient in martial arts. Um, and that was something that was great for me as an actor is like I got to take a character and like over time he got to... Um, developed you know like they they had episodes where jason and tommy would teach billy how to do martial arts and so you get to see that character uh grow not only as a human being but as a fighter a martial artist so that that was cool as an actor to get to play a character that had to develop his skill set and in terms of uh did i ever collect any of my uh action figures or anything like that i personally didn't but my mother uh, and father, uh, they both would go and, I mean, my mom bought every, everything possible you could ever think of that was Power Rangers related. And I still have it all to this day. It's, it's locked up in a storage unit and, 
you know, it's pretty amazing to pull it out and look at it all because there was just so much merchandise and just crazy things. So, but yeah, I have every uh, every uh, action figure that was made of me. And then, you know, as years have gone on, they've been releasing all these new Legacy Ranger action figures and all kinds of different uh, – now Funko Pop has figures. And so all the ones that are coming out now, like in the last few years, I personally have gone out and bought um, just to add to my collection. So I, I think I have it all. But yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to have your own action figure. You know, a lot of actors will never get that experience. So the, to know that I have like I don't know, probably twenty to thirty some different types of action figures, it, it's pretty pretty awesome. Well, you know, we know you're busy. You have so many different things going on, of course. But but in wrapping up here, before we uh, officially close things out, one more question here. You know, with next year being 25 years of the Power Rangers, if they were to get everyone together and have you kind of come back as, you know, Billy, the original Ranger, you know, things like that, would you be open to saying, all right, I'm going to return for this, uh, like, special 25th anniversary special? Yeah, I mean... I think all of us would be completely open to doing a 25th anniversary special. I don't think it's going to happen uh, just because of we're losing time at this point. But, uh, uh, you know, but in order for them to do it, so many of us now have gone on and we're union actors and they would have to just, you know, follow the union, the union rules. And uh, I don't think they really are willing to do that, unfortunately. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I would love to do it just to bring the original cast back and shoot like some kind of a special. And I think the fans would love it. And, uh, it would be cool to see where our characters really ended up. I mean, when I left the series, my character went off into outer space and was living on a different planet. So I would like to see what became of him. You know, did he marry an alien and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I, I'm totally open to it. Um, and I think we all would do it. It just, unfortunately, has to be under the Screen Actors Guild. And uh, I don't know if they would step up to the plate and, and do that for us. Well, like I said, we know you're busy. So many different things on the horizon, whatnot here. I guess in closing, for all of your fans, people that are fans of the Blue Ranger, everything you've done over the years, the way you've touched their lives, they've passed it on to their kids. For everybody tuning in who's, I guess, part piece that you've played in their life, is there any final words you'd like to leave from you to them? Well, tell you what I'll, I, what goes out on uh, a card that I use for a clothing company that I'm uh, partners, a partner in with some other people, and it's called Affirmative Clothing Company, which is based on uh, the phrase that I always used to say in Power Rangers. I would always say affirmative instead of uh, saying yes or whatever. But anyways, uh, in at Affirmative, we say uh, embrace who you are, believe in who you are, affirm who you are. So that's that's what I would tell people. I mean, that's something that I really had to go through in my life is like first accepting and embracing who I am as an individual and knowing that I am perfect and that I am okay and that there's nothing wrong with me and then believing in who I am. So just trusting that uh, there's nothing wrong and I can just go out and believe that I can accomplish anything and then affirm who I am. is just like standing strong in the world, knowing that... Uh, I'm a good person and that uh, good things should happen to me. Very cool. Great words of wisdom and so much more. Now, I guess with that, with all of your fans out there, I guess in closing here, where can anybody find you online or any upcoming appearances or anything at all? Well, yeah, I mean, just you can check my social media sites. I'm traveling all around the world uh, doing different Comic-Cons. I'm working on a film right now as well. 
So, uh, but yeah, if you go to my social media sites, Instagram is official David Yost, uh, Facebook is David Yost Actor, and Twitter is David underscore Yost. You can find me on all of those, and I list my con schedule so you can see if I'm coming to a city near you. Uh, otherwise, you can check out my clothing line at affirmativecc.com, and uh, look forward to seeing me in the film called The Order, which also stars some other former Power Rangers. So, it's all should all be a good time. Very cool. Well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, David. Take this time going through, you know, the I guess the great TV playbook that now I've passed down to my children. Many people have as well. And, you know, 25 years later, as of next year, it is amazing that it's continued on. You've played that role, and I don't see it ever disappearing as part of pop culture, being an icon, and so much more. So thank you, David, once again for stopping in, chatting with us, and I'm looking forward to seeing more from you in the future. Oh, well, thank you so much. You're very kind, and it's, it's been a pleasure to be with you all.
My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Identification. EC82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault, where it's always a mighty morphin time. I'm really glad that we are able to spend the last bits of summer together in order to bring out the best part of the world. Yes, fall! Well, okay, maybe a lot of you don't enjoy fall, but who doesn't love their favorite sweater or their favorite flannel? And it means that the daylight is getting shorter, which means it is bringing you more time to go downstairs to your favorite cozy nook and enjoy a fine DVD or Blu-ray. And I'm here to guide you to watch the next one available. With the original Blue Ranger right upstairs making his grand appearance here on the podcast, I am ecstatic to be able to bring you one of my favorite television shows. Yes, I did admit once before that there are some shows that are guilty pleasures that I still watch, and I still watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to this day, from episode one to current season. Yes, I am that obsessed. And I have watched the show jump from network to network to our even our favorite company, Disney. Yes, there was a time in which they romped around throughout the studios and put on a few shows. I've got some great photos in my memory books and, of course, in my memory as well. So today would not be complete without bringing you the original movie that started it all. Well, actually, it was the series that started it, but it was later that it morphed into something more. I bring you the 1995 film Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. What do you need to know about the Power Rangers? Quick, simple, dirty. Five teenagers come together, usually themed very spectacularly, in order to protect the world. What more do you need to know? Well, of course, it has gone through many iterations, be it Turbo, SPD, and of course my favorite Dino Thunder. However, it has always spurred from the original series. So the movie doesn't take too much different from that. It seems a mysterious egg has been discovered in an excavation site. Inside, evil lurks. Of course, most people think it's cholesterol. No, it's actually Ivan Ooze, who's actually lived in this egg for 6,000 years. And boy, is he cramped. <laughs> yeah, genie jokes, love it. Anyway, Ooze had been banished by Zordon. Zordon is the master of the Power Rangers. And at this point, there are six Power Rangers. Yellow, red, pink, black, blue, and white. Zordon, along with Alpha 5, are there to always help the rangers in any of the situations they are thrown into. Normally, they are the command control, and they will also tell the rangers when and where to go. The people behind the hatching of this evil scheme? Get it? Hatched egg. Anyway, Ooze is released by Lord Zed and Rita Repulsa. If you all have seen the new incarnation of the Power Rangers or are familiar with the original lore, Rita Repulsa is the main baddie of all baddies. She is the one that has helped create and morph this world into what it is. However, in their releasing of Ooze, Zordon begins to lose his power. Thus, the Power Rangers begin to lose their abilities as well. So, what do these six teens need to do? Well, other than find a job and probably finish high school, they also need to find a new power source to save themselves, save Zordon, and prevent Ooze from taking over Angel Grove. 
Sounds like something they would do in a normal half hour. However, we are treated with 95 minutes of Mighty Morphin Power Battles. Oh, and one more thing they need to overcome. Ooze is not complete without some ooze. And in this bottle, it turns not kids, but adults into worker zombies. Kind of like the putties in the original series. So it's up to Aisha, Adam, Rocky, Tommy, Kimberly, and Billy to stop the ooze, stop ooze, and make the world a better place. But Rita and the gang aren't going to make this easy. How are they going to find something to awaken Zordon from his little crystal coffin? Nothing like Snow White's, definitely not handmade. The six must disembark from the planet and meet with Dulcia. There, she grants them wisdom and, of course, new powers that will help defeat Ooze, Lord Zed, and Rita Repulsa. I have heard people go back and forth on any incarnation of the Power Rangers. Again, I have watched from the beginning, and I love each and every one of them. Some more than others, of course, but it all still depends on the story that you follow. In the very beginning, there really was no story. It was really a baddie of the week. We'd have a new creature created, it would fall in some sort of mold, so to speak, and then 25 minutes later, a moral would be given, and of course, the enemy would be defeated. Now we're given a bit more, 95 minutes of what the television series was leading up to, but yet, at the same time, somewhat changes the lore. I will admit, being a Power Rangers fan, the movie does begin the deviation between series and movie. Were there going to be more movies? Probably not. But at the same time, I don't believe they thought there was going to be this many television shows. So you will start to see that what was originally laid out in the first few seasons is not exactly what keeps going on within the movie. So, if you're watching the the series from beginning to end, do not take the movie as lore. Take it as a fun side story that will surely make you smile in the end. Also, remember, it's going to be cheesy. That's the fun of the show. It is a combination of superheroes of the West and, of course, the martial arts of the East. So you're going to almost see that Batman biff, pow, bang. But what I enjoyed about it was always seeing the Zoids out as well as seeing how each team would become unified. Now, believe it or not, as of 2003, there was a DVD released of the film. You can go out and purchase it. Of course, it's going to be a little more difficult to catch up with. However... With the new release of the film, I'm sure you can find another one along with it. I personally have a VHS copy, but that's a whole other issue. The movie is also available on Netflix, so you can stream it at your will. Of course, you lose out on bonus features, and you know how much I enjoy those. So gang, it's morphin' time, and I've been dying to say that all show long. So go out, find a means to watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. This is the 1995 edition. It is your choice if you choose to watch the 2017. It is completely up to you. But my current review will not make sense to you if you end up watching that one. Trust me, completely different movie. And David, I want to thank you for many reasons for making this show something that it is and was. And it always is something important to me. Heck, I even go back and watch it while I'm doing a morning run. So maybe in theory, I am in the Angel Grove Community Center. Huh. So your treadmill can be a time machine. I knew it all along. I bet you Billy would have figured that one out. Anyway, I'm going to pack this one under G for Go Go Power Rangers, and I will see you again next time with another blue to view down here in the vault. Until then, gang, remember, 
the magic of Disney movies is always a colorful morphin suit and always deep inside of you. This summer, our world will come under attack. The mayor has declared a state of emergency. By the most evil force ever known. He has armies at his command. And only one power on Earth can stop him. Welcome to my nightmare. Now, the ultimate adventure begins. Hi, honey. I'm home. You garlic-sucking More adventure. More power. The ooze is back. You lose, you lose. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Hey there, D-Heads. Patreon with an all-new Magical Music Review. First, I want to say thank you to the D-Heads who participated in the survey. It was a treat to include you in the process of selecting the music order for the Magical Music Review this month. We've looked at the soundtracks to all four of the originals in shows number 78, 83, 91, and 112. And now it is time to take a look at our number one animated sequel soundtrack by one vote, as voted on by you, the D-Heads. 1994 saw the introduction to one of the greatest animated films of all time. Full of action, drama, family, and love, The Lion King brought a collection of memorable characters into the world of Disney. Four years later, Simba, Nala, Pumbaa, Timon, Rafiki, and Zazu returned to the screen, but this time took a backseat to Nala and Simba's daughter, Kiara. The Lion King 2, Simba's pride, had an army of songwriters in Marty Penser, Tom Snow, Randy Peterson, Jay Rifkin, Jack Feldman, Scott Warrender, Joss Whedon, yes, that Joss Whedon, and the return of Mark Mancina and Level M. The score was composed by Nick Glennie Smith, who also collaborated with Hans Zimmer on the original film. I have our songs queued up and ready to go, so let's waste no more time. Follow me back to the Pride Lands as we take a listen to the music on the 1998 soundtrack from The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Starting with Simba's song with Kiara, we have my personal favorite behind He Lives In You. We are one. Following a rather uncomfortable confrontation with Zira, Simba takes Kiara to talk to her about her importance and role within the circle of life, also taking the opportunity to express some general fatherly concern in not wanting anything to happen to his daughter. Simba, voiced once again by Matthew Broderick, had a new singing voice with Cam Clark, who's known for taking on the role in total for Timon and Pumbaa and the Kingdom Hearts series. As Simba sings to his daughter, he describes the meaning and significance of their bond together. How even when dreams appear to come undone, he will stand by her side and that they are one. Kiara, voiced as a cub by Michelle Horn with Charity Sanois taking on the singing voice, sings of her confusion on how she can still be true to herself and follow her heart, while still being expected to follow in the plan and expectations set on her as the future queen. The instrumentation is soft and warm with a chorus adding into the background to fill out the sound. Don't 
world understand And the only thing we know Is things don't always go The way we planned But you'll see every day That we'll never turn away When it seems all your dreams come undone We will stand by your side Filled with hope and filled with pride We are more than we are We are one was brought to life by Suzanne Plachette as a villainous addition to the Outlands. With Kovu being Scar's personally selected heir, Zira is determined to bring her son to greatness. My Lullaby takes place as Zira puts her precious cub to bed. She sings of her great plans and dreams of running the Pride Lands with her son as the one to deliver that dream to her with the murder of Simba to avenge the death of Scar. Vitani and Nuka play a small part in the song, voiced in the song by Krista McClouche and Andy Dick, but otherwise, it's a solo song for Zira. 
The instrumentation starts off soft with a spooky melodic flute solo before leading into a much darker and full instrumentation to fit the wicked mood. This lullaby is definitely Zira's. Not mine! my little one. You must be exhausted. Sleep, my little Kovu. Let your dreams take wing. One day when you're big and strong, you will be a king. I've been exiled, persecuted, left alone with no defense. When I think of what that brute did, I get a little tense. But I dream a dream so pretty that I don't feel so depressed. Cause it soothes my inner kitty and it helps me get some rest. The sound of Simba's dying gasp. His daughter is squealing in my grasp. His lioness's mournful cry. That's my lullaby. Now the past I've tried forgetting and my foes I could forgive. Trouble is, I know it's petty, but I hate to let them live. So you found yourself somebody who'll chase Simba up a tree. Oh, the battle may be bloody, but that kind of works for me. The melody of angry growls, a counterpoint of painful howls, a symphony of death, oh my, that's my love. But Zira's still around to love this little lad Till he learns to be a killer With a lust for being bad Sleep, you little termite! I mean precious little thing One day when you're big and strong of the drums of war, the thrill of Kovu's mighty roar, the joy of vengeance, testify, I can hear the cheering, Kovu, what a guy, payback time is nearing, and then our flag will fly, against a blood-red sky. Zira is able to orchestrate an ambush when Kovu and Simba go for a walk, one that makes it appear that Kovu was the brains behind the ambush. Any trust Simba was forming for Kovu vanishes and all he sees is betrayal. Unwilling to listen to Kovu or Kiara, Simba exiles Kovu from the Pride Lands, leading to one large ensemble song sung by the citizens of the Pride Lands. One of Us has a heavy sound, emphasizing the seriousness of the situation as Kovu is driven from the Pride Rock by the other animals. With great use of drums and flute in an African style, the instrumentation backs the scene wonderfully. The song was sung primarily by Level M, who seems to always be on hand when we have a song that takes place around Pride Rock. He is joined by a chorus who take on the additional insults thrown Kovu's way, as well as coming together to sing the final verses and chorus. Deception, disgrace, evil is plain as the 
It wouldn't be an animated Disney film without a love song. As Kiara searches for Kovu, the beautiful ballad begins. Love Will Find a Way is performed by Liz Calloway, who audiences will remember as the singing voice of Jasmine in the Aladdin sequels, and Gene Miller taking on the singing voice of Kovu. A difference between this love song and others is that no on-screen character actually does the singing, similar in style to So This Is Love in Cinderella. As Kiara wanders, the audience hears her thoughts as she thinks of Kovu and how she wishes life could be. When Kovu enters the scene, we hear his thoughts as well as he ponders how love is never wrong and so it never dies. When our young couple see each other, they sing the final chorus together, reuniting as love has guided them back to each other. In a perfect world, one we've never known, we would never need to face the world. Be brave or strong or smart. 
Love is never wrong And so it never dies There's a perfect world Shining in your eyes And if only they could feel it too and with that, my time for this week is up. Thanks for sticking around for another magical music review and for coming back to Diz Radio every week. And thank you for all the D-heads out there who answered my survey and helped me plan out the last four weeks of the magical music review. It was fun to have some input. As always, remember to head over to the D-Wire for more Disney fun, news, and memories. Check out our official Facebook page and website and send any comments, suggestions, or questions to any of us on the D-Team at our official emails. I already have a lot of great music lined up for the next few weeks, so definitely be sure to keep listening every week. Have a wonderful rest of your week, D-Heads, and until next time, see ya! We all know each other. And they're back in The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. It's the sequel to the greatest Disney adventure ever. We're on a like stink on a warthog. Hey! That brings you together again with your favorite Lion King friends. I love moments like this. <laughs> the Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. On video today. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh. Thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mom. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and that's going to wrap up this week's show. We had a fantastic romp. We went back to those days 24 years ago of the original Power Rangers and so much more. So I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the one and only Blue Ranger, David Yost, once again for stopping in, chatting with us, taking this trip down memory lane, and so much more. You have played a part in so many people's lives, including Power Rangers still being part of my children's lives as well. So thank you, David, once again for stopping in and chatting with all of us here this week. I'm hoping to meet up with you face-to-face at an upcoming Comic-Con event. I'd also like to extend that very special thank you to the D-Team. Without the D-Team, there'd be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. And of course, welcoming our new D-Team member with Alexa, as well as Aaron, Paige, Dominic, Nathan, Jason, and Cody, all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Remember to connect up with the D-Team on our official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. You can connect up with the D-Team, shoot them an email, and start chatting away. And most of all, thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we continue to bring you this show for almost 200 episodes for the last eight years, making this show the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. So thank you, the D-Heads, for allowing us to bring this to you every single week. Now, next week, we have more fun things on the horizon as we are kicking into September this year is flying by it is going by so fast it is amazing but next week we have a very special guest stopping in somebody that might even be able to fly themselves and before i clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in i do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show and first and foremost you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com d-i-z radio 
Pass.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z radio S-H-O-W. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand. All of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical, different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait to hear the D-Team. You can't wait to hear from our special guests and more. It's super, super easy. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Disney Blue, Diz Radio, or Disney On Demand, and all of which are going to help you find our show where you can subscribe right there. You can get the latest shows on your Androids, your tablets, your iPhones, you name it, and listen to the show as soon as it gets released. All you have to do is go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And if I've been talking too fast, I like to do that a lot. All you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and you can find all these links there as well. All right, all of you D-Heads, so with that said, there is a lot of fun things next week as we are going into September. And yes, we are only one month away from my favorite celebrations as all month of October we'll be doing our not-so-scary Halloween celebration. Yes, our annual event. I am super excited for this one because all you D-heads know I love Halloween. But next week, we're taking a trip with some flying jaguars. We're going to take a trip into somebody that's a a princess of sorts. We're going to take a trip to a little itty-bitty kingdom called Avalor. I'm going to leave it at that, all of you D-heads. So until next week, as I always say, these last moments, many of you went back to school. Some are going back over this Labor Day weekend. Slow down. Take time. And never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. So until next week, all of you D-heads, have a fantastic weekend. And remember, it is just the second star to the right. Straight on till morning and make all of your dreams come true. Have a fantastic weekend and make the memories happen. second star to the right shines in the night for you to tell you that the dreams you plan really can come true the second star to the right shines with a light so red and if it's never land you need this light will lead you there Twinkle, twinkle, little star, so we'll know where you are. Gleaming in the skies above, lead us to the land we dream of. And when our journey is through, each time we say goodnight, we'll Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.